JM in the AM on a Monday morning. Uh, Robert Ejnes is with us live via telephone from Paris. He's vice president of CRIF, uh, for our purposes, basically the Jewish institutions of uh, France. That is the organization uh, that he represents, and he is with us via telephone. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for joining us here at JM in the AM. Yes, good morning. How would you describe the last few days? Um, how would you uh, sum up what the Jewish community is feeling in the aftermath of this horrible terrorist attack from this past Friday? These have been very exceptional days. First of all, uh, to, to, to shorten the story, it has, has become, it has started on Wednesday morning when one of the, uh, the, the, the very important news, newspaper uh, was attacked and uh, resulted with 12 deaths, among which several uh, Jews, by the way, or at least two Jews in the in the death row. Right. And uh, this was an enormous uh, emotion in the country, and, uh, including within the Jewish community. And we were only uh, thinking about it when started the second attack. The second attack was done on Thursday morning uh, by a terrorist that wanted to attack a Jewish school but ended up in a car accident and killed a policewoman. Uh, we learned only afterwards to be on the, on the Jewish school in the neighborhood. And it was on Friday morning, it was with great horror that we learned that uh, these terrorists attacked a Jewish store, a grocery store, uh, in, in another part of Paris, and it resulted with the uh, hostage, uh, hostage capture of uh, 16 people. We only learned afterwards that there, was, there were about 16 people in the store. And it ended just a few minutes before Shabbat with, when we learned that the, um, the hostage uh, take was finished. And it was finished with four uh, Jewish uh, people. All right. Uh, Robert Ejnes is with us from Paris. So there's so much confusion on this end about uh, some of the details, and you just said something important, because this whole um, uh, conjecture about a terrorist trying to attack a Jewish school, we thought that was part of where that terrorist was going on Friday. You're saying that was a separate episode that was scheduled to take place by a terrorist on Thursday in Paris? Yes. And first of all, it was it was all coordinated. We know that the two terror, uh, terrorists knew each other, the Croatia brothers and these terrorists. And on, on Thursday the next day, he wanted to attack a Jewish school. And on Friday, he attacked the grocery store on another part, in another part of Paris. You, you obviously know the school that was supposed to be attacked very well, I would sure. assume. It's a school in Mouge, just nearby where uh, he killed a policewoman. How would uh, how would somebody like this be familiar with a kosher supermarket like that, or is it so obvious and well known in the community that it's it's not unusual for someone from outside the community to be able to identify it? Well, the the store is called Hyper Kosher, and. Uh, and every everyone in France knows the Jewish areas, and everyone in France knows the Jewish stores. And and uh, we we publish now on internet. It's very easy to find all the stores and all the schools and all the synagogues and all the JCCs. Uh, this is very easy to to find out. 
Yeah, no. And we have we have very sophisticated enemies, and 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 we we know that they know perfectly uh, the people and the and the and the places of the Jewish community. Yeah, no question about that. Um, you said a total of sixteen. We had been reading about thirty and other numbers. Uh, so, of the sixteen who were there. That we we heard about a an employee who actually hid some people in a freezer inside the store. Is that an accurate tale? Yes, yes. A few people this, uh, when they all ran in the stores ended up in the freezer, and there was this Muslim uh, employee that uh, cut the freezing uh, system and allowed these people to uh, to be uh, in the freezer for the whole duration of the attack, which is four and five hours. So how many people were actually, when you said 16, did you mean total people that were actually at the hands of the of the hostage taker at that point? Yes. Like, yes. Would, would... Including, including, to what I know, the four people that were uh, killed in the attack. Right. What do we know about the four? I'm sure you've learned a lot about them over the last few days. Could you describe them for us and then say a little bit about these four Kedoshim who are going to be laid to rest in Israel? Yes. Well, two are very young people. One is a a young cashier of the store. Uh, Another one is the uh, son of the uh, chief rabbi of Tunis, and the other ones, uh, I don't know much about them, but they are, uh, they are people. What is horrible? There are people who were just going to, to uh, buy their food for Shabbat. For example, I heard the father of the young, uh, the uh, chief rabbi of Tunis say about, say about his son that he wanted to buy a bottle of, of wine because he was invited for Shabbat and he didn't want to go empty-handed. Oh. And so he just went in the store just to grab a bottle of Shabbat of uh, wine before Shabbat, and that's uh. where he was killed. Those murdered, uh, Johan Cohen, 22 years old, Philippe Raham, 40 years old, Francois-Michel Sada in his 60s, and Yoav Hatab, 21 years old. And as um, Robert just said, it sounds like uh, they were... Uh, killed immediately by the hostage taker as this episode unfolded on Friday. Robert Ejnes is with us, Vice President of CRIF, the Jewish uh, Institutions of France. Um, where, where were you yesterday, um, uh, first of all, during the rally? I assume you were part of the uh, million-person rally throughout the Paris streets, right? Of course. Of and course. after a big delegation of CRIF and of the Jewish organization with the youth and all the, the Jewish organizations of, of France, we're obviously part of the of the of the rally. And did you have an opportunity to be at the Paris synagogue afterwards? Uh, I couldn't enter. I got in too late, and I just couldn't enter because it was packed. Wow! But uh, we could view it on television, and a, lo- a large delegation also of the Kiev and a lot of uh, French Jews uh, were over at the. Uh, at the uh, the, uh, the uh, synagogue. I can only imagine. I, I it would seem to me, if I was a French Jew, that it would be very important that the Prime Minister of Israel come to the rally yesterday, because you know, of course, that you know there was plenty of discussion on both sides of the issue whether he should be there. Am I right that as a leader in the Jewish community, you preferred to have him there yesterday? Definitely, definitely. I think. Um, it's Am Israel, and basically we in France, because we we are in a very special time of the French Judaism, and because all of the Jews in France are questioning their 
belonging to the French uh, population, and that is very important, and that's uh, what you have to understand. All the people are coming to us and ask, what should we do? So, in the other hand, the Jewish, the uh, the government of France is responding in, in protecting the community. There are more than 10,000 police people protecting the uh, in, the Jewish institutions in France at the moment. Uh, so we're protected, but protected does not mean that we're not uh, uh, worried. Right, that you're not targets. And we're definitely a target because yeah. each time there is an attempt, uh, an attack in Paris. I can tell you what the reaction is to prime to President Obama not having been at the rally in this country, meaning what the reaction would be in this country. What's the reaction over there? Does it matter much to people that he was not there yesterday? Not so much than in America. It was because among the um, the uh, chief of states who were present, we had a lot of people that were questioning the. Uh, the intentions, starting with uh, prime, with uh, President Abbas. Right. Little un- well, a, a little unusual to see him there, right? That's right. And that's right. And, and either for the press, for the uh, free press, or for the, uh, ter- the Islamic terrorism, uh, we didn't think that it was really his place to be uh, to be uh, demonstrating here. Right. Um, many people, and obviously through the hashtag and the slogans that we see at the rally, um, uh, you know, identified with the victims of the magazine, the satirical magazine where the murders took place last week. Um, some are concerned that they did not identify as much with the Jewish victims. What's the feeling among Jewish leadership in Paris on this issue? This is what we were discussing in the... Uh in the uh, executive committee we just had, and uh, I would uh, re- respond ironically, they're just used to the Jews being killed. Right. Unfortunately, because we all reacted that after Toulouse, there were not so many people in the streets, and and each time that we're we're uh, weeping, so essentially Jews and and not the population of France. So yesterday we were very happy that the whole population of France was present in the uh, in the streets, mm-hmm. even though it was not necessarily and only for the uh, for the killing of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And we we know that would it be only the killing of the Jews, there wouldn't have been this demonstration yesterday. How many Jewish neighborhoods are there in Paris? I, I don't know if there's a comparison you can make with the New York, New Jersey area, but it's sometimes, especially for someone like me who's never been there, it's hard to to get a perspective on the on is Toulouse close to where the kosher supermarket is, for instance. No, Toulouse is about uh, I would say six or seven hundred kilometers away. Wow! So it's a different town. Now, the Paris neighborhood that uh, has the most, the, the largest number of Jews, uh, is uh, has a few very uh, Jewish areas, but all the areas have Jews within them. There was no, there, w- there are no, there were no areas in the Paris area where Jews would not live. The more it goes, the more Jews feel um, threatened in some areas, and they just uh, leave these areas. So they're constantly moving from neighborhood to neighborhood, depending on the 
on how comfortable or uncomfortable they are there? That is something we've seen in the past 15 years. We've started, I live in Boulogne. I'm the president of the congregation here in Boulogne. Boulogne is a town of 120,000 people. How far from Paris? Just next to Paris. Uh We have the metro. It's really uh, next to Paris. And and the the Jewish population is 10%. Very significant compared to the general Jewish population. We have a few towns around Paris, like Neuilly, like Sarcelles, like Chetay, where the Jewish community is very important within the town. But in... Uh, Robert Ejnes is the uh, vice president of CRIF, uh, Jewish Institutions of France. He joined us earlier, and uh, we got cut off, but he's back with us here at JMM. Robert, shalom, welcome back. Thank you for shalom. joining us. Thank you. Had a couple of uh, of big picture questions to ask you. You were you were describing the uh, first of all, you were describing you know some of the neighborhoods and some of the cities in in France in general, some with a uh, a population of ten percent Jewish, which is rather significant, obviously. And there are, uh, we don't realize, as outsiders, we don't realize just how many neighborhoods, communities, and how many Jews in general there are in France. It may look like a small percentage, but it's pretty significant. Uh, yes, because the population of, uh, the Jewish population of France is estimated to about five to six, uh, 600,000. Um, and on a population of 60-some million, so it's 1% of the population. But consider, consider that in the Paris area, uh, most of the uh, po- Jewish population is concentrated, so estimated about 400,000 in the Paris area. And otherwise, you have a few big towns uh, with a Jewish population. These are Strasbourg, Lyon, Marseille, Nice, and Toulouse. These right. are five uh, major uh, Jewish uh, areas. Right. And as we just dis- yeah, well, the Jewish population is uh, somehow concentrated. Um, but in in the Paris area, as I was explaining earlier, there are complete areas where Jews have flown out and in, 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 uh, have come to the uh, western side of Paris because it's still easier to live as a Jew in these neighborhoods. Uh, I was commenting a little bit earlier about the town I live in, Boulogne. It's a it's first suburb of Paris. In my town, it's still possible to walk with a kippah and with, uh, and look like a Jew in the, in the street. This is not true all over France. Uh, and there's neighborhoods where you would not, um, you would not dare living. I am sorry. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold no problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Robert Ejnes is vice president of CRIF, Jewish institutions of france and is with us live from paris joined us earlier for what i would call part one of this conversation before we were cut off and now we're in part two as we talk about the neighborhoods of paris and as you heard from uh our one of our earlier guests uh there seems to be a um a lot of movement among parisian jews between neighborhoods over a period of five ten fifteen years different and new neighborhoods develop i guess not much different than uh, what's often felt in this area. Okay. And uh, can I continue? Please do. Because uh, I'm called on another uh, interview in, uh, on, on Skype. But anyways, let me continue with you. Sure. So in these neighborhoods where Jews still can live, it's already becoming somehow difficult. 
I, we were just sitting, as I explained to you, we were sitting in a meeting, of, of a CRIP meeting, when I was uh, speaking to you earlier. And we were discussing about security measures. We have asked that all schools and synagogues and JCCs be protected by the police. And we got that answer from the President Hollande and Prime Minister Valls yesterday. And this morning, or within 48 hours, um, within 48 hours, all the uh, schools will be protected and all the synagogues will be protected. So uh, on the protection side, we're, we have obtained what we asked for. On the other side, the Jews are worried. Why? Because between the synagogue and the house, between the, the school and the house, they are feeling threatened in, in many neighborhoods. And even in the good neighborhoods, it starts being so. And that is why the French Jews are thinking more and more about leaving France. And that is a, a, a worry for the French uh, government. Right. The president, the prime minister, they all tell us, we love you. France without the Jews is not France. And we hear what they say, and we hear all the efforts that are being made for the Jews to feel comfortable in France. But we just feel this is not, uh, it, it's not reassuring the Jews that they will be able to live after a thousand years that they have lived in France and, and gone through uh, major threats like the Dreyfus affair, like the Shoah, like the the, uh, the whole uh, Second World War. But now we, we are at the point where the Jews are being threatened, they're being protected by the French authorities, but they still feel that they're not sure that they, they, they can imagine their future in the French Republic. Yeah, the American attitude has always been, you know, get out as soon as possible, but as you just uh, described, and, uh, you know, here nobody really takes offense to people leaving and going to another country. In France, the nationalistic attitude would lead to people taking offense if the Jewish community en masse went ahead and left. Yes, and believe me, the Jews feel very French. Right. Because the Jews have lived in this country, and some families have ties in this country for hundreds of years. And we we all uh, consider ourselves with having a French culture, being French educated, uh, having roots in the in the French society, uh, and it's very difficult for the Jews to cut the the um, the, the ties with the French society. And most of Jews are in a paradox; they don't want to. To leave France, they want to remain French. They know they're being protected. They know they're being loved by the authorities, but they still have a, a question mark of whether they can imagine their future, especially the people with young children. And they also don't know the influence that the even more significant Muslim community is going to have in France at this point. Most of the Muslim community, community is just being very nice. This, the question is, it's growing and. And the question is the control of the very small minority of people um, with terrorist ties. And when we say that a thousand people, a thousand French people have gone, have, have gone to uh, Afghanistan, to Syria, to Iraq, and come back with, with, with a, uh, being trained for war, then we know that, the, imagine last week three, what three people did in Paris. Imagine there are a thousand like this in the French society. Yep. 
we understand why the people are frightened. But here, it's not only the Jews who are frightened. And the government is very frightened with us as well. Yeah, no question about it. A lot of times the government doesn't know what to do. In fact, it was interesting to watch their incredible crackdown this past weekend, frankly. That's right. Uh, something... This is why we're talking. This is why we're talking about war, and everybody here is talking about war against terrorism. Yeah, and when they say war, they mean it. Um, uh, Robert Ejnez is with us from CRIF, Jewish Institutions of France. A couple of more minutes, and I'll let you go. Um, you, you know how much French is being spoken in the streets of Jerusalem. I mean, you're you're right. you're obviously aware that many people have already made the decision to go from France to Israel. For a moment, putting a, putting aside, you know, personal opinion and, and and the opinion of those in the French administration, just as a fact, do you assume that over the next few months you'll see uh, a continued significant movement from France to Israel? First of all, you know, in in New York and 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 the people in Los Angeles and in Miami know that Jews are not only moving to Israel; they're right. also coming to America right. and other places in the world. Um, the yes, we will see a continuing flow of people leaving for Jews leaving for us. Many of, for many of them, it's an acceleration of their decision that they had made, wanting to continue their lives in in Israel. But for some, it's it, they they start thinking, and and uh, we can imagine that this is going uh, to be executed not in the coming weeks, but in the coming uh, years. So yes, there will be a, an outflow of French Jews. This is what we were we were worried about. Do you know if the Prime Minister has visited the site of Friday's terror attack yet? Oh yes, yes, he has visited immediately. He has visited on Friday evening, on Saturday evening, was there. Um, everybody has been there. Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel has been there this morning. Um, so yes, they have, they've been very. The Prime Minister and the President have been very close to the Jewish community. And you, um, and and you mentioned earlier you you were able to uh, straighten out some of the uh, stories that it's you know with everything all the information coming out it's hard to decipher what's in fact truth and what's not. Were the synagogues on Shabbat, in fact, closed in Paris? Unfortunately, yes, on Friday night. Uh, several synagogues decided to close. Uh, no, they were instructed to close by the prefecture, um, the, the police, So, and, and we're very upset about it. And, uh, so you and said they reopened you, on Saturday morning. So Jewish leadership, so Saturday morning they were open. So Jewish leadership yes. would have preferred if they would have been able to go ahead with regular services Friday night? I'll give you an example. In my neighborhood, in, in Boulogne, uh, as soon as I learned that in Paris they were considering closing synagogues, I called the uh, chief of the police and I said, we are open, all the uh, services will be open on Friday night and Saturday, and it's your responsibility to uh, to assure the security. And, uh, and he just said, uh, of course, and, and we were open. So there was yes, it was the the choice of the Jewish leaders was to keep the synagogues open. Right. So there, so we know for sure of at least one shul that was open. In fact, on Friday night. Oh, many many were open, but one, some of the big ones were closed. La Victoire, for example, was closed. Right. The Great Paris Synagogue, it was written, was closed for the first time since World War II. That would be yes. accurate. That would be accurate. Yes. Wow. Uh, you've been amazing, Robert. I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Welcome you in Paris. 
<laughs> I look forward to that very much. Robert Ejnes is the vice president of CRIF, the Jewish Institutions of France, has been a wealth of information for us this morning. I thank him, and I thank Jonathan Wiseman as well, who spoke with us from two, as two of the funerals were taking place on this Monday in Paris. And um, I thank them both for joining us.